20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Pack a Day Podcast, the Thursday edition. I am Steve Perhatch, and joined by me every other Thursday, Dusty Evely. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. You know, kind of coming back down from uh, from the Christmas stuff and preparing for Week 17 here, um, as well as my son's first birthday. So we got a lot of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, good week, man. Happy to be happy. Happy to be talking exactly. to you. Happy holidays to everybody listening. I hope you had some uh, good Christmas time or whatever kind of holidays you're celebrating. But we have so many things to talk about. Normally, it's a Thursday, the you know Wednesday night when we record this. There's not a lot going on, but oh man, we've got a lot to dive into. Number one, starting with the fact that today is the origination of the Lambo Leap. So, happy Lambo Leap Day to everybody. I know technically <laughs> you're not supposed to say that because who? It's like Robert Brooks owns the rights to it. But I mean, come at me, dude. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't sue me. Don't Please do don't that. Sue me. I have no money in order to do We love that. you, Robert Brooks. Please exactly. Exactly. But just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's so much fun. I love the fact that they grandfathered this celebration into the celebrating rights. And yes. I mean, if there, can you think of any other ones besides the, the Leroy, the Leroy Butler one that just sticks out in your head? No, I mean, you know, there's the big one now that's going on with the, I guess, defensive turnovers, more or less, where you get, like, the group photo thing. Um, but l- listen, man, that's that's it's kind of dumb and uninspired, and it's played itself, itself out at this point. Like, it's it's the, the entire league's got it, but, yeah, I can't think of anything, like a celebration that has been around, that's been around this long, that is mm-hmm. still going on. Like, I think of, like, you think of iconic celebrations, I mean, I think of, you know, T.O. pulling out the Sharpie and signing the ball, or... Or Joe Horn pulling out the phone uh, by the goalpost, and I, but those were like one-offs or, or two-offs because right. I guess the, the the Horn one happened this year again um, with Michael Thomas. But Lambo Leap, like around the league, other teams do it. I, it's 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 insane. It's insane that this thing, this thing is still going on and is is as widely used as it is. I love it. I still think my favorite are when opposing players try to jump into the stands and they get shoved out. Shoved like, no, no, you're not happening, bro. Not happening. I always love the uh, uh, when they find, like, a pocket of three of their own fans and they jump into that at, like, some – it's not straight back. It's at some weird <laughs> angle. And the, then the uh, fans around are trying to shove back, but you have these three fans holding on for dear life. That always kills me for some reason. All right, so the Packers played in New York. Comeback, thrilling win. Win in overtime. Everybody's all jacked up. And Dusty, I'm not gonna lie, I hate it. I hate it. It was 35 to 20, and I called the fact that the Packers were to come back and win on Twitter, and I was pissed off. Uh, it just, <laughs> I everybody's out there screaming like, "Oh, this game was so amazing! It was so much fun to win, and it's gonna help grow for next year." Like. Bullcrap. I'm sorry. I call bullcrap on that. You beat a horrible Jets team, and it took you to overtime to do it, and all it did was sacrifice some draft position. And now we found out that uh, the quarterback from Oregon, Herbert, is not coming out, so you even lost another position because nobody's going to be taking that quarterback. So I'm telling you, man, they, they lost like five draft spots, and it pisses me off. Yeah, it's fine. I don't. I don't care. It, it pisses you off because you're a Grinch is what it is. Ebenezer screwed over here. I get it, man. Listen, like, 
I saw all of it. I get it. My my thing is, listen, dude, at this point in the season, if you're watching the games, if you're watching the games and you're invested in the games, if, if a game like that, which I, I said at the time, if this game happened a week four, it would have been baller. Just just an incredible game to oh, watch. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You watch a game like that, that's, that's just a really fun game to watch. There's a lot of really fun plays that went up and down, and Rodgers was actually kind of looking like Rodgers again, and the offense was working in some fun stuff. If you watch a game like that, and you sit through the whole game, and your team wins in overtime on a walk-off victory, and your initial reaction is, this is dumb. I hate this. Why are you watching the games? Like I, un- I understand. That's a legitimate question. I want you to answer to you. Like, I-, I understand. I understand the argument. I understand the draft pick stuff because that- that's exactly what it is. I mean, it- mm-hmm. you- you've dropped a few spots. You dropped whatever for probably you know anywhere between three to five spots, most likely due to that win. Um, and and I kind of I kind of had a rant about this that I I kind of did on Twitter after the game. Later that night, I think. I don't. As soon as the game was done, I had to shoot off to my mother-in-law's for Christmas stuff. But then that night, I was still feeling it. So, um, it, basically, my thought my thought process was this: is that if you're looking at it simply as a Madden slash Stratomatic type thing, where we need that we're going to get this guy and he fits in here and he does this and everyone plays the exact same way together, it, that it makes perfect sense. But on the other hand, if you if you're looking at it from like a locker room slash leadership thing, which I, I will fully admit I don't fully understand because I've never been I've never been an I'm shock you never been an NFL player in an NFL <laughs> locker room. But like that that does something when your quarterback is out there. When your quarterback's been talking about leadership all week, and he's getting in defensive lineman's face, and he's he's out there and he's slinging and he's taking big hits, and he leads your team to a victory. That does something not only for your team this year. That I think I believe that carries over for next year. That that makes you want to play for that man. And to me, that's worth more than a couple spots of draft position. And really, yeah. selfishly, what it comes down to, if I'm watching that game, I want to see the Packers win. I understand the draft positions. If I get all of that, it was just a fun game, and I like that they won. No, it was a fun game. You're right. There, there was cool stuff to see, and I completely agree. Seeing Rodgers kind of a little bit old school Rogers was great to see. And I like to see signs of that from him, but if this was something that they, they, they played spoiler to somebody and they beat a team they shouldn't have beaten things like that. Okay. I get it, but you are playing the bottom of the barrel and you are scraping by to beat them like this. You have as a fan for me, I'm thinking as much as, I'm thinking about the game and how cool it is. I'm thinking about the future as well because I want the team to be good for a long term. And, and, and if they're going to be good in the long term, it's, it's draft setters. You saw what happened this past week, this past year, where they wanted they wanted Jair at that initial spot. They were going to take him at their initial spot, and instead they traded back and they still got him anyway. I mean, really, really, what it comes down to for me is I trust at this point. I trust in Gutekunst. I trust in. What he did in the draft this past year, what he set up going forward, and what he's going to do in free agency. That and part of that, part of that as as a Packers fan for me has been having to break that draft and develop simply mentality that Thompson had been doing for years, right? Because now I, I believe that Gutekunst knows what he's doing in the draft. He will trade up or trade back, and he's still going to get his guy or at least one of his couple guys that he really wants to help the team. And then he will also supplement in free agency. Ultimately, I don't think those three to five spots in draft spot is going to be that big of a deal. Not enough for me to get upset 
not enough for me to get upset over a win because I, I think I think it's worth it. I do th- but, I do think it's worth but it. But if you pair that with the Lions loss in Week 17, it's gold, baby. That's Josh Allen right there. That's well, Josh Allen. I had I had someone hit me up that was like, well, yeah, but like the you know the loss to the Falcons and it was one other loss like that hurt their draft capital too. Yeah, they were still in the playoffs then. Like if we're playing that right. game. Every single every single win, every single win this season has hurt their draft stock. Every single win. And I get I that this is different because they're out of it. I, I, I get it. I understand it. Ultimately, I just don't care because that was a fun game. And I trust in what this front office is going to do with – I mean, it's still going to be a top 20 pick. It's still going to be like probably a top 15 – you know what I mean? Like it's not like – Oh man! Now they're like they're, they've dropped ten spots. No, it's not that bad. Like it's I don't ultimately I don't think it's that big of a deal, um, and people are getting upset over it. And and it's again why, like why are you watching the game if you don't want to see your team win? If you don't want to get if you can't get up for a game like that, regardless of what you draft dra- the draft position thing it comes was a later. Jet, Stussy. It was a chance. You and don't was, get up for a game. It was a jets. fun game, and they the only suck. the only reason that it took that much to beat them. Why is the only reason it took that much to beat him, Steve? Because the Packers suck too. No, it's because Ron Zook is a is a wide awake nightmare. He he tried. That's the one thing I will say. That's if a whole you, other podcast of if, us how he still has a job. If you want to see a team that's looking like they're trying to win while actually actually actively trying to lose, it's the fact that they're still employing Ron Zook at this point in the season because they're no, saying I mean, we're going to try to win, but Zook's going to lose it for us. And by God, he tried real hard. See, this is the ultimate like. Throw like you know, Goody had called up Zuck and be like, "Hey, <laughs> Rogers is not gonna. He's not. He's not biting. He's not gonna. Go I need on something hard. from you, he's baby. Like, you got to do this for me. Come through in the clutch. Just screw this up so badly. It's like I'll let you ride the season out. We'll pay you out, and we'll do that. And he you talked can, to uh, you, you. Can resign, quote unquote. You know, and, he uh, talked to Petten first, and Petten took a swing at him before he got out of his <laughs> office. He's like, I'm going to hit up Zook. I'll hit up Zook. <laughs> I got a better shot there. I do have a better shot there. <laughs> All right. So we actually have some some pretty decent-sized news to talk about uh, mm-hmm. after the game and everything. Today, Wednesday night, it came out that the Packers have already interviewed two people for their potential head coaching position. They have interviewed uh, former Lions and Colts head coach Jim Caldwell, mm. and they have also uh, <laughs> <laughs> a grumbling noise there, and then they have also interviewed Chuck Pagano, the mm. former Colts head coach. I want to say, Dusty, what are your feelings, but I kind of have <laughs> a good idea at this point. But listen, I'll give you the floor. Tell me what you think. These are super uninspiring. I mean, we we were talking about it a bit before. Um, I, I don't think either of these guys is is the choice. I think they're they're – they're getting the interview process down. They're trying to figure out kind of what they want to do. They're interviewing guys. You know, Caldwell obviously had recently been in the division. Uh, Pagano had success, success, middling success in Indianapolis. and was a highly respected uh, defensive mind for a while. Uh, I guess still probably a pretty good defensive mind, I would guess. Um, and so, so, you know, they're kind of reaching out. They're kind of maybe kicking some tires. And both of these guys are not employed currently by NFL teams. So, I mean, in my... My hope is that what they're doing is they're just kind of refining their process so that when the NFL season ends, when some of these guys that they want to interview, can they can actually interview, um, that, that they've got it, got it down a little bit. But really, I think it's kind of picking brains, at least. I hope that's what it is, because if they come out and they hire Jim Caldwell and or Chuck Pagano as some kind of like two-headed Ooh, head coach. Combo abs- package. God, yeah. Absolutely not, man. Uh, like, if you if you gave me two names 
and said like, "Hey, they're interviewing these guys. Do you want any of these guys? Do either guy these guys inspire you? These guys are really close to the bottom of my list. Really close. Like Caldwell. Caldwell might be dead set bottom of my list. Ooh. Now I do have a question because I've been dead set against one guy. Where does Jeff Fisher fall on your list? God, Fisher. Yeah. Fisher's below Caldwell. I kind of assume that like Fisher's not even an option though, so he's not even really on my list. But if he's on my list, he's below Caldwell okay, because, good. good God, yeah. Don't even speak that. Don't even speak <laughs> it, Steve. What do you think about these? Do either of you do, do anything for you? No, I mean, let's be honest. Unfortunately, the initial reaction to me is part of it. It hits the Rooney Rule right away. Um, mm. as, as sad as that is, but which it, they like, get if they're going to interview the enemy anyway. So true. that's a, true. that's an actual honest to God candidate. No, that's true. That's very true. Um, but I mean, honestly, I think it's just for me, it actually sends a good message to me because it just means that they don't have their, like their mind is not made up before the search started. They're actually going out. They're talking to people. They're interviewing. They're going to interview a lot of people. I think just be, I mean, if they're already interviewing these guys before the NFL's, uh, season has ended then yeah they're gonna go out and they're gonna talk to coordinators they're gonna have a lot of people and i mean there's there's worse things in the world than talking to a former head coach in your division and learning things that they were thinking that organization organization was thinking about you and your team how you did things like i would that's information that i would want to know so didn't caldwell do super poorly against the packers does he know anything about them? i believe he was four and four was he yeah yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, I, sh- I should have looked that up before I said anything, but that's not. I saw, you know, I saw he had eight games against them, and I want to say he was four and four against the Packers. Okay, that's not amazing. That's not amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, my guess is that he didn't win in Lambeau, so. Yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just it, for me, it just kind of indicates that there's going to be a lot of people considered for this role, and they're going to bring a lot of people in. So for me, it's kind of exciting. I, I'm. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe it is kind of a, hey, let's get our, our feet wet and do some interviewing because they haven't done that before. They haven't interviewed head coaches before. So yeah. I see I see absolutely no issue with it. Let's see. Moving on, we have some injury news. We have Kenny Clark officially going on IR, which not a big surprise, but it no. sucks. Yeah. I mean, we just kind of knew this was coming. He wasn't going to play playing week 17. Um so there's that um, sucks because he was doing so unbelievably well this year. God, monster, just an absolute monster. He's an absolute monster um, and he, a good guy to boot. I mean, he's obviously their, their Walter Payton man of the year nominee. Um, just, I think he's still what? 22. Just seems 20, like 23 now. 23. Oh, okay. Never mind. He's super old. Um, just, <laughs> just like a, it seems straight like him, a, just, straight him in the just a really good dude that like, still like, I just think back to that draft and so many people are like, I don't know who this guy is. This guy's going to be terrible. Why did, why didn't they take whoever the devil, the DT out of Baylor was that has since been kicked out of Lee because he's been a terrible person. Um, mm-hmm. I'm blanking out what his name is at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love Kenny Clark, just love Kenny Clark, but it's week 17. I'm, you know, I kind of like what I've seen out of Tyler Lancaster. We could see a little more out of him. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that guy's going to be something in the future. But, yeah, not surprising, but it makes me sad because I like seeing Kenny Clark play football. 
but you don't because you want the draft position of Steve. So that's, oh yeah, I mean this is pure gold right now because <laughs> I, obviously I can't have anything nice. So that that goes right into the Packers injury report, which is just oh my god. Ooh. I mean, I know like we know that the Packers have been hamstrung by injuries quite a bit this year, but this is just obscene. I mean, there's 15 people on the on the injury report today. 15. That's insane. And they're it's not like it's minimal guys like Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, Ryan <laughs> Balaga, Randall Cobb, Jimmy Graham, Clay Matthews, Aaron Rodgers, Jason Spriggs, Equinemia St. Brown, Lane Taylor. Like it, <laughs> just throw the entire offensive line on there where we're at it. Just say offensive line, and they just take up one spot and it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, I mean it's just it's bad. I mean, Adams looks like it's a niece, but he says he should be fine. Um, I think that's just, I think the scariest part again is the offensive line. Yeah. And you're letting, you're trotting Rogers out again. So they, you know, that's my other thing when you're, you have nothing to play for. And I know you're playing for pride and hard, even though the guy half these, no, not half about a third to a quarter of these guys won't be on the team next year. Um, yeah. That's cool. Um <laughs> I got into an argument with somebody on Twitter about that too. About she was like, "Well, they were playing for pride and they were playing for confidence for the next year." Blah blah. I'm like, "No, they're not going to have the same head coach. They're not going to have a quarter of these guys on this team, so it doesn't matter." Sorry, and I'm, I'm I'm going back to the the first part. I, there's still more I have to say, but we'll go. Uh, I'll fight you, Steve. But let's move oh, on for now. I'll fight you in the streets when I see your face. That's right. I'll bring a trident. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Escalated quickly, Steve. It did. It did. Um, also noteworthy to talk about, the Packers actually did put out a waiver claim for uh, now Cardinals safety DJ mm-hmm. Swearinger. What were you thinking? What were you thinking on that? I like DJ Swearinger. Um, I'm <laughs> a big fan of the fact that he got released um, because he said things that were true about his defensive coordinator. It's like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's dumb. And then they released him um, because the guy didn't know what he was doing and he was dumb. Um I would have liked to have seen him. I mean, I, I do think, you know, this offseason we're going to see the Packers are not going into 2019 with Tremont Williams and Kentrell Bryce and uh, Jones and whoever else is some kind of like weird three or four band safety team. They're not. They're, they're going to draft or they're going to sign an actual honest to God safety, someone who knows what they're doing in that position. And I was kind of hoping. I'm a, a I novel like, idea. Yeah, I, listen, it, I think it just might work. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, I haven't watched Swearinger closely. What I've seen of him, I've liked, I, I don't know if he was the answer, but I think he's a piece that you can put in there. So I, I, I'm glad that they put in a claim. I mean, obviously they're not as bad as the Cardinals, right. uh, even though they lost to the Cardinals and Lambeau. So whatever, man, friggin' whatever. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I would have liked to have had him. I like they put in a claim. They didn't get him, and that sucks. But I did see a lot of Packers fans immediately were like, they should put a claim in on this guy, and then they did. Yeah, it's uh, it's just so it's a nice, nice um, – oh, I mean, They're trying. It's an improvement over yeah. what we would have seen. Like, you know that if this were to happen when Ted was in charge, no waiver claim. He could he would have cost 4.5 next year, and that most likely would have been too steep for his blood. So, yeah. um, you know, it's something that you, you see that in the general manager of – doing things in free agency and making trades and now putting out claims for, for guys that could improve the team. 
Yeah. When let, let's not get me started on the on the stupid ass Redskins that that will take on people who beat women who have domestic abuse issues, who have DUI issues, who have all these things. But if you badmouth one of our coaches, ooh boy, that's uh, the, I'm gonna cut that's, your ass right away. That's the last straw. Like that's for some reason that's the line. If that is where the that's where the line is of that team. Good God! But even if you're if you're really really good, like if they really really love you. That's that's not even a line. Just Swearinger was like just enough of that guy where they're like, no, make an example out of, out of that man right there <laughs> for this one thing that he was correct on. I still see, and I still would have loved the fact that like if the Packers actually would have gotten him, it would have been a swap of safeties for the Packers and the Redskins. They would have <laughs> taken on Haha. We would have gotten Swearinger and a fourth round pick, and it would have been perfect. That's a massive upgrade. That would have been. I tell you, man, there's like. So Clinton Dix, I want to say this real quick because Clinton Dix, you know, obviously got got crapped on a lot in Green Bay and with with good reason. He was out the door, and I <laughs> watching him do a lot of the same things in Washington after people were saying like, "Well, the Washington actually got a, a like a guy who's an All Pro safety. He's really really good." Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. It makes me happy, but also, haha, Clinton Dix seems like a genuinely good person. Like he did, he still did the thing in Green Bay. Um, the the was the feeding the homeless, or whatever it was. He did. Um, he had a drive every year. He did. He still did that after he was traded. Like he seems like a good dude. Um, but I loved all. There was a bunch of national people that were like Washington yeah. fleece Green Bay. They got an actual safety, an all pro guy. Watching him do the same exact things in Washington is just been like, okay, this wasn't just coaching. This is just this is how he is. Some some of that made me kind of happy. And I will tell you, I actually haven't met Haha. Um, he has done. He does really, really amazing things in the state of Wisconsin. He opened up a library in a uh, MPS school. Okay. Um, so it, I mean, and his his goal was to do I think three or four more of them. Like so, stand up guy, really good cool. Good yeah, dude. very very good dude. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it was one of those things that we kind of we're we're discussing a little bit before the show of national broadcasters who don't <laughs> do enough research. <laughs> And just kind of like broad brush it and like, yeah. ah, that, that'll be good enough. That'll be good enough because this is how we're going to end the show. There was some some big news coming out of first take this morning because, Ooh. yes, yes, yes. Uh, we had a fill-in for Stephen A. Smith. And it was the one and only Ryan Hollins who said, Aaron Rodgers is 100% at fault for the state of the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Mm. Um, and I played it for you beforehand, so you got a mm. a chance to listen to. It. I mean, this like we just discussed. This is the ultimate national guy who doesn't know anything. And it, let's let's also say he's an NBA player, former mm. NBA player, who is now putting in claims about that, and also saying Giannis isn't an MVP candidate. But that guy can go to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Correct. But yeah, I mean, for me, this is just a guy trying to you know make some bold comments on a show when he's not normally on it because that way I'll get national recognition for my things that I'm saying. Now, to be clear, Stephen A would also also just said like those shows, those shows are so dumb. There's a reason I don't watch them and sometimes I watch the clips and then I usually don't respond to any of them is because the whole thing is make extreme arguments on either side that you probably really don't believe just in order to make headlines and get attention. Like this is very true. I get it, man. It's the system, it's the grind. That being said, god, these these are really dumb. These are yeah. like, there's a whole lot of really kind of half formed, half baked ideas or, or just ill-informed ideas. There's a whole, like, 
For starters, Steve, I'm going to put down my water. I'm spilling it because I'm agitated. Um, <laughs> for, so, for starters, uh, the whole this is this is something this is something I've, I've I've banged on the drum for all season. If people have been like, "Well, Rogers always changes McCarthy's plays," we don't know. We unless we're in the huddle, which um, if you're if you are in the huddle, hi, hello, thank you for listening to us. That's awesome. Um, unless you're in the huddle, you Give have us a call. We'd like to interview you. Yes, please come on our show. Me and Steve are very professional men. Um, <laughs> unless you're actually in the huddle, you have no idea how many plays these changes. You have no idea how many how many plays these changes, and you have no idea to the extent these plays are being changed. You have no idea if it's a uh, if you, if, man, if you want to talk Madden for a minute, where you can do a quick hot route change, you you see, always see Rogers with the hand motions. Well, in a lot of those cases, it could be it's a coverage thing that he's seeing, and and the play itself stay the the structure of the play maybe stays the same, but he changes a single route. That's not changing the play. That's changing a single route that not just Rogers does, but a lot of people do. It's it's this whole like we first of my my thing that I always come back to is we don't know exactly how much is being changed, and furthermore. My bigger thing with this that I know his point was like he's undermining his coach by changing the play. This was an agreement that McCarthy and Rodgers had. This is currently an agreement that Rodgers and Philbin have. Rodgers changing the line, the, the play at the line of scrimmage, that's not anyone undermining a coach. That is someone saying, I don't like what I'm seeing out here. And so we're going to do this instead. It's the McVeigh Goff thing. McVeigh just talks in Goff's ear the whole time. You're still reading. It's 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 basically post lineup, post lineup adjustment is what you're doing. And it, and it's, it's something that McCarthy and Rogers had in place. There's no there's no undermining of anything here. This is this is just simply a. This is what I've seen at the line, and if I'm going to change it, this is how I'm going to change it. But again, we don't know how often that takes place unless you're in the huddle. My understanding is no one does. Right? That was a long oh. rant, Steve. Does anyone, oh, yeah. do, am I making sense? I've lost track of what I was saying. I'm not going to lie. I stopped listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's smart. Real smart. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it completely makes sense. You, we have no clue what the hand signals mean. We don't know what it is. Sometimes they can be even fake hand signals of, yeah. we're going to keep running the same play, but I'm going to make you think that I'm adjusting the play. And so, yes, it's, it's just one of those things. And I will let you guys peek behind the curtain just a little bit. Sometimes sports anchors, and I did this when I was working at ESPN, we say things just to incite anger. <laughs> no. I, normally, now normally if you're talking NFL, you wouldn't need to do this until after the Super Bowl, before the draft. There's a dead area of time where this is a really good idea to do this. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do it during week 16. There's plenty mm-hmm. to talk about. There's plenty to talk about. This is why I pissed everybody off and told them that the Packers needed new uniforms. Everybody was on my ass about it, Dusty. Every <laughs> I didn't see that, Steve. I might have oh. been too, brother. Yeah, it's uh no. I want to I want to leave alone that the, they're home in a ways, but their alternates suck. That's my my whole theory. And they also have they have horrible um what is it called uh whiteout jerseys or whatever. Their color rush are so bad. The color rushes are dumb just because the color rushes yeah. are boring. They don't color do rushes are boring. It, they're better than like the Jets, where it's just like that plain green. Like that's just that dumb, dull green. It's better than that. The one thing I will say about the throwbacks is because they're still going like the circle, like the yellow circle on the blue. I love all the old Acme Packers stuff, and I've got an old Hudson jersey that's like the the yellow, basically mm-hmm. the yellow sleeves and the blue. I I'm I'm all on board with those. I am all on board with those. Ugh, they're so ugly. 
You're you're the problem. The problem is Steve is that you're dumb. That you're a dumb person. <laughs> you don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> oh, that seems like a perfect way to end the show. You ginormous ass. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. It's always yeah, good. Exactly. Merry Christmas, brother. It's always good talking to you. Happy holidays to you too, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that will be the uh, spot where we leave you guys. Um, Thank you for listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Dusty and I will be back in two weeks, apparently calling each other names again. Yes, sir. For Dusty, I'm Steve. And as always, go Pack Go! Six seconds to go. Ball just outside of the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right. Snap to A-Rod. Throws right side. Yes! yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! The dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes! to Adams. Yes! Touchdown Green Bay! A spectacular throw and catch to the left side of the end zone! Rodgers from the 42 New York, fourth down and two. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now, winds up, rainbows into the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Green!